Hey, we are here, hour number two on the way, and we do have uh, two fine gentlemen in the studio. Johnny Averett, probably here, we've been doing this for, what, 29, 30 years uh, with us. Somehow you hooked us up with uh, Red Booker. I don't, know how, I don't I didn't know Red. No, you, you did. I, you, I, you came to me and said you and I had done two or three by ourselves. Yeah. And you said, uh, and you'd known Red some way. And you didn't know that I knew Red, and you said, would you like to do this? And I said, absolutely. We were in school together, good friends. He said, well, I didn't know that. Let's do it. And we did it. Huh. I, yeah, I vaguely remember coming to you with that, but I don't know how I knew Red then. I don't either. Huh. Something. Oh. Something, something. Well, that's that. That closes the book on that. <laughs> uh, well, this is fascinating radio. <laughs> <laughs> Before, right. before we go. get two strikes, one more, and, he, and you do shut He's his gone. mic down. Before uh, we start talking about it, we'll start calling that. you. Well, do what? So I'll have to agree with him on that, on that comment. That was fascinating right here. Well, I'll tell you, we'll start calling him Red Jr. <laughs> All right, since since John is Mr. Portal NIL, I'll throw out my, Oh yeah, please I'll, I'll throw out my proposal early. So here's here's my proposal on the portal is you get one free transfer. And you get a waiver if the head coach leaves. But beyond that, we go back to the old rules where you got to sit out a year. And my NIL proposal, I would like to get rid of the whole thing, but I think what needs to happen is they have to do sort of what the professional leagues have done, put on a salary cap or an NIL cap by, by sport. You know, football obviously got more players, so the number would be higher. And the, and the uh, coach institution – they could give all the money to one player if they wanted to, but you know that's there's a, a ceiling on how much because otherwise it's just getting into a bidding war. Yeah. Well, the and, problem the problem you got, I agree with you a little bit, but there, this when it's used in recruiting, that's where it's really bad. I, if a kid earns the money like he's a sophomore, junior, which was the original intent of the NIL, and somebody wants to use them in advertising, I don't like it, but um, I can understand it. But it's just packages. I talked to a coach, not in Virginia, away from Virginia this past week, and he says what's happening now is kid comes in like he's a three-star, something like that, <laughs> and he really kicks it big time his freshman, sophomore year. They're going to the coach, coach, i got to have more money. And, <laughs> and, and that's happening. Well, that's happened. Uh, you know, there was an article this week about the Dickinson kid who was at Michigan. He goes to Kansas because oh, he was unhappy with the money he was getting in Michigan. <laughs> See, my, my attitude is, you know, I, I, I'm pro-choice on everything except uh, uh, late-term abortions. But the, uh, <laughs> the if the coach, if there's a cap on the money and they want to use it on recruiting, fine. But they can't exceed that number, whatever it is. It may be that you got a program that you're trying to rebuild, and you need to go out and spend the money to recruit some kids to rebuild the program. Uh, Mr. Colbin has a Thank comment. Thank you from the back of the room. Yes, Thank yes. you very much. I think the portal is set now that if you transfer once through the portal, you can't transfer a second time without sitting out a year. I think that's already a rule. That's isn't it? it, but they got this waiver thing. And a lot of kids are applying for waivers, some getting it, some not getting it. It seems like, what, uh, to what, me, a lot of guys, men and women, are playing at their fourth or fifth schools, so something's yeah, kind of fishy, something, yeah, I, unless they're 30 I, years old. <laughs> <laughs> 
But isn't there something like that, John? I thought I read the other day that once you transfer yeah, to a portal, a you can't yeah, do yeah. it. But you can apply. You got to sit out a year, yeah. but as a normal rule yeah. was, yeah. before you can go through the portal and, again. And, and sitting out a year is not a bad thing. Everybody acts like that's being a punishment. That's not punishment. You get another year academically. You get another guy, another year physically, athletically, academically. socially. There you go again. Financially. <laughs> uh, but it's not always bad. I've never understood people. Well, I mean, I think. Uh, okay, so well, he practices. You go again. <laughs> he gets the. I mean, everything. But anyway, I'll I think of Anthony Gill at Virginia. He sat out a year, and I think it really, you know, at Virginia, it gives you a year to practice with the team and learn the system. Uh, now the other question I have is: Does the COVID uh, thing ever end, or that's gone. fifteen years from no, now we're still going to have guys playing seven years? That's gone. <laughs> uh, Speaking of these multiple years in portal, and I'm jumping around on you. I've been to a Virginia practice, Richmond practice, Virginia Tech practice, and the same thing jumped out at me all three. I didn't know who was on the floor. I went to Virginia practice. I recognized three kids. It took me two weeks at Richmond to figure out who who was who, and I went to Tech, and other than Padula and and uh, Baran and Couture, I didn't know anybody. So I'm saying this year, if you're going to a college basketball game this year, <laughs> you better get a program because you're going to be lost. And I told the people in Virginia, they've been giving them away. Start charging for those yeah. things. That could be a revenue well, stream. Cause, well, they you say you got to buy a program to figure out who they can't are. Can't tell the players not a program. <laughs> They're making a lot of money off the advertising in those programs. Well, <laughs> every dollar counts. You could still sell the things. True. You know, pick up another five. Or I would 10 buy bucks. one. I would buy one. Oh, you have another comment? L- L- you know, in the back of the room. You start to act like this is your show. <laughs> I can't believe it. You get a Not pushy. with you two in here. I got. It's like herding cats. Anyway, the uh, uh, thing about the if the coach leaves, the player can leave. I've always liked that idea. I've always thought it wasn't right that the, the coach leaves and they got to stay. I did never like that, and I agree with you on that. Make it so they can leave. I mean, we had Eddie Sutton committing crimes at every school he went to, or violations, or things like that breaking rules he'd pack up and leave and the, co- and the, and the players were there and they, were, they couldn't go to the ncaa or something am i right or am i right you're right oh begrudgingly i'm right no i think that, that it, <laughs> I, it I, makes, you're right it makes sense <laughs> i mean i don't think kids shouldn't i mean i this probably doesn't make any sense which i'm good at uh you should be picking where you're going to play basketball with a lot more emphasis on things other than who the coach yeah, is. Yeah, but John, you know, you know, you coach college yeah. basketball, you know a lot of people go yeah. because of the coach. Yeah, they do. You know, they, I mean, or somebody like Duke who just got uh, somebody signed for 24 last year, number one guy. Yeah. And before that, they got that guy Khan out of Wisconsin that uh, Tony Bennett wanted, right? And I they mean. Got, they got the number one. Yeah. Speaking uh, before we get into the but, ACC, they're picked strong number one so maybe maybe in that case it's not the coach although i'm sure shusheski hangs around but it's the duke as shire said brand he's right he's exactly right it's been that and this is nothing new with duke i mean jim will tell you duke basketball's been good for a long time that's his first name Jim? Yeah. Okay, I never knew that. Hey, I was I Arch was, Archibald. Uh, Ar- call him that. Archibald. You know, I would. Uh, you know, I was recruited uh, when Vic Bubis was still the coach. And There's I, no way you getting in Duke. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I hit him, hit him, Hobo. You know, 
I, I was going to let it go, but a moment ago he said that I'm good at, as a University of Richmond graduate, he said, he should have said, well, at which I'm good. You know, get the grammar right. <laughs> hey, there's no way I get in the front door at Richmond today. I couldn't afford it, and they wouldn't accept me. At any rate, uh, Coach Boobas, you know, uh, he called the recruits in, of which Craig uh, Littlepage and James Brown were there that weekend oh, as James well. James Brown! Well, not the singer, the, oh, uh, the okay. NFL uh, yeah. host. Damatha guy. But uh, Coach Boobas said he was leaving. Uh, hadn't announced it yet, but uh, Duke was a great institution, and they would hire a good coach, and we ought to still consider coming to Duke University. But that goes back to what John says. You know, some of it you should consider the the institution, the degree you're getting, but that's that's old school at this point in time. Boy, you know, that's the, the, the student athlete part of it is a very very minor part of the equation. Yeah, athlete, uh, student, and athlete. There are a lot of situations. There are a few, there yeah. are a few oh, left. Yeah. No, there's more than a few. Uh, we get caught up in these bad people, and I understand that. But there's a lot of schools doing it the right way. We're we're not totally clean, but in the state of Virginia, we're in a pretty good situation with that i wonder why i didn't get to go to the virginia practice with you john i'm still kind of reeling from that statement so what did they because do because i was invited well you and i've been there on this i was invited by someone else but when you're invited you don't then invite you, you tell the man you're bringing the man <laughs> and he would have chuckled at that yeah, sure like who <laughs> what are you talking about who, i never heard of him. you know i would i, I would get park hill to invite me but uh, we're talking about practice you know yeah. the alan iverson stuff who cares it's practice. Practice. you know uh, i want to go to a game where they uh, actually keep score i love it yeah. front it, row <laughs> i mean basketball's been uh, like i think every paycheck i've had in my life has been directly indirectly from basketball and i love going to practice well, he's a coach. Coaches love practice. You know, I, you know, I always say, coaches always say you play like you practice. And my answer to that is it's one of three possibilities. You know, uh, some guys are all Americans in practice. You turn the lights on, they're scared to death. Other guys actually do play like they practice. And then there were people, uh, I think I was more in this category. You turn the lights on, you get a little adrenaline flowing, and you're ready to go. You play better in the game. 17.6 a game. That's the kind, <laughs> the kind of guy I want to see. Uh, yeah. we, we need to get to a pause. Before we do, uh, and we'll talk about this more on Thursday, you and I have a bit the football uh, scheduling that's come out for 24 through 30 uh, with the now 17 members of uh, football. Are they 18 with Notre Dame? I can't remember. They're not in the conference, so it doesn't count. All of, I mean, they've got this – I don't know if you've seen it. Have you oh, seen it? I did. It? I did I mean, see it last night. Uh, yeah, me too. You know, the good news, uh, you know, Virginia keeps obviously Tech and North Carolina. Yeah, that's the good news. And we get rid of Louisville. I got. Uh, I didn't necessarily like Louisville being a partner of ours. And no. uh, the Hokies get Virginia, obviously, and Miami, which is. Uh, a good partner for them going back to their old Big East days. Yeah. Uh, so, All right, let's take a pause and let's talk about a little basketball. It's in upcoming games. i got the schedule for games on uh, Monday, and we can walk through some of that, talk about predictions for conferences and that type of thing. Uh, you know, we let's let's focus on that for the balance of the show, as far as uh, talking some college basketball because we are at the doorstep and it's uh, what today's Tuesday, six days it all gets underway. All right, Johnny Avery, Jim Hobgood, Jim Hobgood, Johnny Avery with us this morning right here on one zero six one ESPN. I'm Big Al, the show is Sports Phone. Robert the Bruce, Bobby the Bruce is on the other side of the glass right here on one zero six one ESPN. Stay with us, otherwise you'll regret it. Well, you can. 
Catch us on your HD dial at 103.7 HD2. Just another place to find your home for sports in the capital city. ESPN Richmond. Invigorating. Turned. It is nine twenty, and the uh, question that Red Dog uh, threw at us, uh, oh, I don't know, an hour ago, I guess it's been now, um, about Will Wade. And uh, we did a little research here, and, it's, and it says that Wade received a five-game suspension and a one-year show cause from McNeese State University when hired back in March. This 10-game suspension will replace the previous five-game penalty. So they doubled it up, and it has a two-year show cause. And uh, instead of a five, uh, a one-year show cause and a five-game penalty is ten and two, so he is uh, suspended for ten games this year and that two-year show cause. So whatever Red Dog, whatever he was sniffing down the uh, the trail like the fox chasing the hounds, he was right. Uh, why was he suspended? Wade was found to have made <laughs> impermissible payments to the former fiance of a player. So he gave her money and she booted the player to the to the cube while also failing to cooperate in an investigation and failing to promote an atmosphere of compliance. That was one or two of many. Except what he was doing is legal today. Yeah, he was just a little early to the party. Well, I don't, I don't know if you could give the uh, fiancé money. You could give the player money to give no, to that, her. that part would still <laughs> Former fiancé of the player. You know, that's, that's why coaches are uh, concerned about their players' relationships. You don't want to give the fiancé money and then have uh, the relationship break up. Yeah, <laughs> That's good yeah, money gave after money that. Yeah, money she booted the player. <laughs> you know, if he's suspended for 10 games, they only play 30. That's a third of the season. Yeah. Yeah, probably all of them are non-conference. I hope they're only paying him two-thirds of his salary. Yeah, right. Guess what? I'm a moose. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, VCU opens up with McNeese State, the aforementioned McNeese State. Uh, John, what do you know? Habo, what do you know about McNeese State? Not much. I think uh, it'll be a good game, but I don't think they can compete with VCU. I mean, VCU, if they get their two kids, the two, in this, my opinion, uh, their best two players are the two transfers from Utah State, but they're not really transfers because they got the same coaching staff they've had since they arrived here from foreign countries. Just a different venue. And it's really unique. VCU is probably going to start four foreign kids. Jeez, and I think boy. there's seven on the team. And, uh, uh, definitely nothing wrong with that. A lot of people are doing it, and it's and smart to do it. But they, uh, my, my guess, Zeb Jackson may be the only U.S. 
kid uh, starting for him. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with the VCU personnel, uh, but a lot of those foreign kids, they understand how to play the game. Many yeah. of them can shoot the basketball, so it's probably a good thing. No, they're good. And I, uh, they'll, VCU right now is, depending on which poll you looked at, is anywhere from two to four or five in the A-10. I think they'll be closer to the two. Dayton is a strong favorite in the A-10 this year, but VCU is going to be right there with them. Well, you've probably known Ryan Odom for a long time. Uh, first time I saw Ryan, I guess, was riding a bicycle into the back of University Hall back in the, what? 80s. Yeah. 80s. His daddy was an assistant to Terry Holland at UVA. Good guy. He'll do a good job at VCU, as Mike Rhodes did. How long will he be there? <laughs> it, it just depends. As it, In the past, that's been a – it's such a hot job that p- people move on. If he's successful, he'll probably move on. Three to five years? Uh, if, but I, I – yeah. that's been the pattern in the past. I can see why you would think that, but it's – He's he's got to win games. Yeah. If you win games, I mean, good things happen to you. Well, they'll win games. You know, they're Be- almost oh, they, unbeatable they almost in that have, building. Yeah. And yeah, uh, no, yeah I mean, uh, that's so. Well, it's not just that. Uh, that that's part of it. But that's their budgets and a lot of other things. It's just a real attractive job. Mr. Coleman has a question again or a comment. A comment. Thank you. Uh, McNeese State last year last time had a winning record in 2011-2012 and they, that was 17 and 16. Since then they've had nothing but losing records. Last year they went 11 and 23. The year before 11 and 22, 10 and 14, 15 and 17, 9 and 22. You kind of get the idea of what's going on here. And they play in the Southland Conference. Yeah. And I I, th- I think the old Virginia Tech and VCU player, Tick Price, was the coach at Mendee State. How about time. that? Uh, so, you, VCU, all right, let's just, they, they open with McNeese State, 7 o'clock on Monday. How do you see VCU's season going? Uh, non conference, really well, because they don't play an opponent on their away court until January. Ooh. They have one or two neutral court games, and all the other games are in the Siegel Center. And and I'm not poo-pooing one bit how good VCU is, period. And for that reason, they're going to start off really strong. And good. I think they'll be in that two – I don't know if they get Dayton, but they, they'll be in that two, three, four slot in the A-10. They've got. They were picked second in the A-10 preseason. By the, by the uh, coaches. Yeah. All the polls have – one, well, I'm looking at one right now. There are five, and I don't think that's accurate. I'd say at worst three or four. Who would you trust more, writers or coaches? I don't to, know. To have knowledge probably, of the situation. Probably coaches. Yeah. But you get into personal feelings with the coaches. Remember that. All right. Uh, your boy Larry is on with us. Mr. VCU Ram himself. Larry? What is going on? I. I uh, <clears throat> wanted to tell you guys a little, a little something about the Rams. All right, go ahead. I went to the uh, <clears throat> the opener uh, against uh, Division Two Mars Hill. I tell you, VCU, it was like a um, alley oop fest. It was so fun to watch. It wasn't it wasn't like Rhodes where he stops the presses and all this, you know. Um, Ryan Adam was fantastic. We ran the whole game. The, the fast break uh, looked great for the Rams. 
and we have a bunch of six eight guys that are thick and athletic this year. So it's uh it's pretty it's pretty crazy at the athleticism we have. Um, that was without uh, the two guys mentioned that weren't playing. Um, and then the kid from Richmond was a stud. Gosh, what a great pickup that was. <clears throat> he uh, he knocked down about seven threes and was just loving the action there in the Seagull Center. Well, it's kind of what I just said. I mean, I, only thing I'll play on the other side of the table here, uh, Larry, you were playing Mars Hill, and that was not the opener. That's an exhibition game. Uh, yeah, I understand. But Mars, we lost. If you remember this, Will Wade. When we had Will Wade, we lost an exhibition game to a Division Two school, I believe, and we ended up making the NCAA that year. Um, so the exhibitions don't mean anything. No, they don't. I mean, I I personally don't like exhibitions as a coach. I think you're a much better situation doing the. Uh, Two scrimmages. But Sounds to me like Larry's already booked his room in Phoenix. Yeah. For well, the VCU, final four. VCU's going to be good now. I'm not poo-pooing now. I'm, I mean, a lot of people got well, him picked as we said second. Right, but people are picking them there because they've made that mistake of picking them six before in the A-10. I mean, every time they do that, they win the championship. They get laughed at. <laughs> I don't think they're doing um, it for they're... that reason, Larry. They're doing it because hey, but... your best two players, even though they're transfers, aren't really transfers. In the black and gold game, those two guys are guarding each other. I mean, I don't know. I think they're. I think they're. I think they're. They're fine. I wouldn't go like. Get super excited about him. Zeb Jackson's still the stud on the team. Um, oh, no. No, no. I tell you, we got a guy six eleven from Louisville, Roosevelt Wheeler. Though. That guy's athletic. He isn't going to start, um, I don't think, is he? I don't. I'm not sure if he is or not. You I mean, might you, be right on I'll that. I tell you, these two kids from Utah State now preseason predictions. They are both all conference possible projections. Right. Yeah, you're right. Hey, there's another thing that was pretty alarming and funny. Penn State was playing their exhibition same night as VCU, and they only had uh, 40 points with five minutes to go in the game. And um, I think they ended up squeaking by, but I was shocked. Nick Kern didn't look like he hardly played. I'm sitting there going, how can you leave that guy on the bench? Did you follow who they played in the exhibition? No, I just know they they scrimmage Villanova. That's the only thing I know. Right. Um, so, uh, like I said, exhibitions don't mean anything. But I was very uh, excited for what I saw at the Rams, um, and excited to see Penn State struggling. You got to get over your hate for you got to be that guy that you dislike so much at Penn State won the A ten championship for you last year. I, I don't understand the VCU fans with dislike for Mike Rhodes. I will never understand it and never accept it. No, but I I just I don't I dislike Penn State more than Mike Rhodes. Well, I can that. that's that that I that's possible. I understand that, but I don't understand this dislike for Mike Rhodes. He did a heck of a job for you guys last year. And it's yeah, not like did. they haven't ended up with a good coach. So it's, oh no, it's taking so they, nothing yeah. away from Ryan Odom. Absolutely no, not. Good point. Yeah. All right, Larry. I've already, we talked, to, I've, already, I've already talked to Ryan Odom more than I talked to Mike Rhodes in five years, and uh, the governor. Maybe uh, maybe um, uh, Ryan Odom has more patience. 
uh, than, than uh, Mike Rhodes in regards to talking to you. I don't know. Hey, we got to get to a pause to do that. Keep calling. Don't be a stranger. Good to hear from you. Thank you, Larry. We got to get to a pause. All right, Hi, friend. All right, thank you. All right, let's take a pause. We shall return. Hobgood and Avery. Avery and Hobgood are here with us. Uh, we need to talk about Richmond and, of course, Virginia and Virginia Tech before we wrap up here this morning and talk about their future, uh, 23-24 season when we return. Stay with us, right? You've probably heard him on Saturdays at Robin Stadium. He's going to run straight ahead, and no one's going to touch him until he's in the end zone. You may have even heard him on a mashup Monday. So Matt and I are mashing it up. Well, we want you to hear Bob Black some more. I'm actually surprised it's not more. Listen in for the Sports Huddle. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Uh, Jim Hobgood and John Averett. Averett Hobgood. Uh, John has VCU finishing second in the conference this year, and Hobbo has them finishing third. John, U of, U of R, you're uh, uh, the resident expert on U of R here among the three of us. Hobbo and I follow Richmond. I uh, uh, got to go to a practice with you. Uh, about a, what's, boy, it's been about three or four weeks ago now. I need to go back yep. with you again soon. Anyway, John, they've got new faces. You mentioned Virginia, Richmond. All, all of them have new faces. The portal, the nil, the whole bit. You, you, example of the nil, for example, today, uh, Gus Gerard's grandson, I guess it is, maybe, right? Uh, who played for Syracuse, Joe Gerard, I think is his name, right? That's not his grandson. I know it's not. It's called a joke. It's called Theater of the Mind, John. <laughs> okay. Radio's oh, Theater man. of the Mind. <laughs> anyway, I, was good, I wasn't going to go away without saying he's not, but with the same name, I thought Hobbo would get a kick out of that one. Anyway, he left uh, Clemson. Uh, I mean, soon no. he left Syracuse four years. He played there and uh, went to Clemson because they offered more money. Then you talk about the, uh, the guy at... Uh, uh, Dickinson in Michigan got $10,000 more, which probably took him to six figures Ten? to go to Kansas. Huh? 10000 more? Or maybe it was Gerard that got 10000 more. How much more did, what's his Dickinson name? Dickinson got he went six from, figures more. He went from five to six figures. Now, I don't you know how much. Oh, did he? But, yeah. uh, well, kiss my, but I got that wrong, didn't yeah. I? Who was I reading about? Well, thank you for the correction. Anyway, I, this is what happens. We won't get into that. But that thing of allowing players to transfer in the conference, to me, is plain stupidity. But that's just me again. Can't help it. All right, John, what about Richmond? They've got new players. Uh, they got four They new got st- Coach Mooney back, which is a good thing, of course, because he yeah. had heart surgery last yeah. year. And uh, very people, glad that he's doing well. People ask him, hey, he's doing better than well. I was shocked how well he's doing. But uh, right, good. Uh, they've got four new starters. Uh, right now, I think this could change, but right now, the seven footer uh, Quinn, Neil Quinn at center, uh, the two guards, Hunt and King, which will be the kind of the forefront of the team. They'll, the guard play will be much better this year. Uh, Bigelow and Noah's at forward, but they're not playing real well right now, and I there's some cause some changes could take place there. But uh, they're going to be a guard-oriented team. Uh, where will they finish in the league? Uh, probably in that 7-8 category, but they have picked by some people worse than that. Yeah, I think uh, the coaches had them eleven. They've got a yeah, they've got a good non-conference schedule, which also could be bad. They got some really good games that could really help them with the net score come March, but at the same time, they could get their butts beat uh, in in some of those games. They got real good game against uh, Florida, 
down in on a neutral court. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got Colorado on a neutral court, which is really good this year, and they got possibility of facing Florida State and blah blah blah. Yeah. But that's that's good, but it could also hurt them because they're good teams, and you can lose to those good teams. Well, everybody's going to have an adjustment. Not everybody, but I mean, a lot of teams and those that we were focusing on will have an adjustment period, right, uh, Habo? I mean, as far as getting, having all these new players in and talk about early needing a program, it's going to be an adjustment period here. They've been practicing for a while, but still, it ain't live ammunition, so to speak. Well, you know, I mean, I'm going to JPJ Monday night to see uh, Virginia play, and obviously the first question is who will start. Yes. And uh, then beyond the starters, I always look at the player rotation. In other words, who's the one, two, three guy off the bench as the game progresses? And then John's the coach. But if the game's close, which hopefully it won't be because uh, Tarleton State, I, I trust it won't be close. If it's close, we got a problem. But in a close game, I always look at who's on the floor at the end of the game because in many ways that's more important than who starts. I don't think you're going to know the facts about that at Virginia until maybe January. Well, and I think uh, this, uh, uh, obviously, Beekman, McNeely, and Dunn will start consistently. Who the other two? How about Bond, who redshirted last year? I think he's going to have a terrific year. I think he's a sleeper. He's really, you know, he redshirted last year not because he wasn't ready to play. It was because he had guys ahead of him, and they just decided to wait. And And Miner is a horse. Miner's a horse. Uh, The question there, you know, mid-major to eight. ACC, can I, he make the transition? Yes. A lot of people can. Yeah, well, I think I've, he's he's a horse. So I, you watch I, practice. See, I make I, these judgments based on how they play in games. You know, you know, I, I, I don't. Well, really, you haven't seen him in a game. Well, I will Monday night. <laughs> so, and another so person, I, another person you don't want to forget about is I think it's a Harris kid from Georgetown. And I was just going to say, you know, Tony has a tendency to go with uh, three guard lineups. So you might, in a lot of cases, see both Beekman and Harris. And uh, Tony says Harris is one of his better on-ball defenders, and defense is always number one in the Bennett system. So, yeah. well, Beekman gives the player, the defensive player of the year, returning. Yeah, so if, if, you, got the if, other guy. if Harris is that good, and you play him with Beekman and Ryan yeah. Dunn, they have a potential yeah. to be pretty Be- good defensively. Yeah. Beekman, I mean, he's as good as there are. I mean, he's really good. Yeah. He's really now, good. offensively, now. Uh, McNeely needs to step up in his sophomore year, second year at UVA. Uh, Ryan Dunn also, you know, I mean, they, they expect him to have a breakout year. You mentioned Leon Bond. Uh, you know, Minor hopefully will be – you know, I think Virginia's got the potential to be really good. But but we'll see. Where do you see them in the league? See, that's what they said about me 30 years ago. You know, they're, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> they're picked fourth in the media preseason – um, you know, they the schedule's good because they play Miami, Duke, and North Carolina only once. They do have to go to Duke, but Miami and Carolina are in Charlottesville. So I think when we get to March, uh, don't be surprised if Virginia's contending for that number one spot. Tony has won six times in ten years. So. Yeah, I don't. Not, I'll be pulling for them hard. But with Duke and Carolina, I'm going to tell you, Duke and Carolina <laughs> loaded, Miami's loaded. <laughs> Clemson is loaded. P.J. Hall's coming back at well, Clemson. Well, they're, they're good teams at the top of the league. And he's as good as they are in the ACC. You know, Carolina last year was uh, everybody's consensus pick to cut down the nets, and they didn't even make the tournament. That's so last uh, year. <laughs> yeah. This recruiting, yeah. the job that Duke and Carolina's doing in recruiting is just scary. They still have to play. You know, and sometimes the chemistry can become an issue. You know, there's only one basketball. You know, the team I yeah. played on at Virginia that had Walker, Parkhill, Gerard, and Obgood, 
I've said I've said many times if we could have changed the rules and played with three basketballs, we'd have been the best team in the country. <laughs> The uh, offense broke down after the first pass. Whoever caught it, shot it. We <laughs> call that hogging the ball. That, that brings up a great point. I always think they, they should play soccer with two balls. It would be far more interesting. Yeah, that's, get some scoring yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, let's go here. What are you talking about, soccer? One ball, a field that's as big as a country mile wide and long. Uh, okay, all right, well, that's fun. But, uh, all right, well, let's get back to Richmond. Where do you see Richmond finishing in the league? How about I'll let you go first on this one? I think uh, middle of the pack. You know, I would. How many teams are there? Fourteen. I Fourteen. Think. All right, I'm. I'm going to go seven. You know, seven. keep in mind, John said he never got a paycheck other than basketball. Uh, my family has gotten a paycheck from the University of Richmond for thirty some years, so I, I have a bias <laughs> toward the Spiders. Johnny, where are you going to Thank you. The seven or eight slot, right in there. Is, well, is give that, me one of them, Johnny. Seven. All right. As Jim said, middle of the pack. But I'm going to tell you what. To our listeners. Pay no attention to what we're saying. I, I that's, a, that's a good rule. There, said, there goes the credibility there, uh, I Robert said this, and Bruce. What do you think? I was speaking to a group of guys in Richmond called the Warts who meet once a month, and I said, guys, I'm going to give you my predictions. Don't pay any attention to them because with this transfer portal thing, you don't. It's not like in the past. Five years ago, you could pretty project. You can't do it now. You know, Virginia has a lot of secret societies. Uh, I'm not sure I want to belong to the warts. <laughs> well, you, maybe a you're already or, there. It's oh. called worn out. What's it? Worn out and retired teachers and oh, administrators well, or well, something. I was not a teacher, and you're you know, still worn out. I am worn out. There's no doubt about that. But at any rate, yeah, we're talking rich in the middle middle of the pack. Maybe you never know. And, right. and John's point is nobody's played yet. So uh, we'll we'll find out, and it becomes a long season. And and the other thing, yeah. it, with the roster changes, a lot of it is coaching and how they can build chemistry through the year and uh, player rotation and, and in, injuries is always health, a factor. Yeah, there you go. So, so. all right, um, let's uh, we we'll take a pause now. Get a little bit early out. Give us a little more time. Uh, where do you pick Virginia to finish, John? In the in the standings among the teams in the regular season, where do you see them finishing? Mm. I'll be take the optimistic end fourth, but I fourth. probably am thinking with my heart, not my head. Probably should say fifth. All right. Well, I got you for fourth. <laughs> okay. Habanero, second. Second, yeah. Well, we both y'all got me. That's an average of third. We'll take it. Let's talk about Virginia Tech. We'll get back from a pause, and and Henry. The uh, we'll talk a little about the national. I mean, a little bit about you know the national scene. Not a lot, but a little bit. Um, about the national scene. Uh, indulge me for a moment, and we're going to go to pause. We're going to pause when I'm done here. Um, and that is, uh, I want to talk about a, a gentleman. You know, there's a, there's a very accurate saying that includes all of us and includes the best and the brightest. Uh, the great oaks continue to fall, and another great oak joined that category last Wednesday. Uh, Bill Childress, the founder and owner of Virginia Wayside Furniture, uh, passed away at 94. Mr. Childress was born in western Goochland in 1928 when Goochland had few paved roads. He made his way to Richmond and a career was born. Uh, At that point, he he stayed in Richmond for a little bit, but uh, then after a short stop, In Washington, having honed his skills, he returned to Richmond, and in 1965, Mr. Childress opened the finest furniture store in central Virginia. 
Mr. Childress took quite a risk in 1965, opening his store at Pump and Patterson, which was almost out in the woods back in 1965. If you think about that, you'll know what we're talking about. But in his vision, he had his vision with his vision and foresight. He knew he'd built a business in the, what's very important in business, in the path of progress. The rest is history. Generation two, his daughter Rob and his son Maury uh, took over a few years ago and haven't missed a beat. R.I.P. Mr. Childress, your legacy is well and fine and will continue to impress with your departed wife, your two children that are now running the store, again, daughter Robin, son Maury, and your third child, Virginia Wayside Furniture are doing furniture are doing well now and will certainly continue to do so in the future. R.I.P., sir. And off the right way, the Royal Way. Jamie King is live weekday morning 7 to 8 to kick off a full day of sports analysis. Here on 1061 ESPN Richmond. All right, guys, let's talk about Virginia Tech basketball. Mike Young now in his, what, fourth year, John? I believe fifth, so. Fourth or fifth, yeah. Yeah, he's done a very good job. He's a good coach. He's got some good players returning. He's lost some good players. Uh, guys, what do you think about them there, Hokies? Uh, well, you start with Kator and Padula, yeah. uh, two of the better guards in the ACC, uh, both of whom can light it up. And, uh, you know, I always say – in college basketball, the three-point basket is the great equalizer. So if, if, if you go out, uh, my magic number is 10. If, if you make 10 or more threes in a game, you got a good chance to win. So uh, Tech's the type of team that can go out and do that. The question mark is the inside game, and I'll defer to Coach Averett, although Coach uh, Coleman has a question. <laughs> a comment you talking about, no, I want to throw this at you, and yeah. it's, it's just uh, I have mostly in jest. What, uh, what if the um, – you put you score ten, but you give up eleven. <laughs> well, that can happen. That, that you better make you it better up make free it throw line. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the way right, Tech plays defense, that ain't gonna happen. All right, go ahead. Well, I, I agree with just what Jimmy said. Uh, they're going to be very guard oriented. They shoot the ball unbelievably well. They're, so the perimeter game is solid. I'm not sure about what they're going to be inside, and I and I think you can say that about. All four teams that we talk about the bunch, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Richmond, and VCU, I think the question is the inside game. Moran, who's a local kid from Collegiate who went to Northwestern, transferred, I like a lot. Uh, he's really good defensively, and uh, I think he's going to do good things at Tech. Uh, it, well, t- is Tech going to be a, a better team and win less? Or are they going to be a, the same kind of team, win more? What, I mean, how's it going to play out for the Hokies this year? I think the Hokies are what? I think they were picked eighth in the preseason yeah. media poll. Uh, I think they're probably going to be better than that myself. I, I think maybe move up to seventh. It's just, I'm going to tell you what, and I'm repeating myself Duke, Miami, Carolina, Clemson, going to be hard to get ahead of those guys. <laughs> Is the conference better this year? At the top end. Yeah. Would they have five last year? And it, uh, in, in NCAA? I'd, so it's going to be about to, the same. 
I'd have to check. You know, the yeah. bottom bottom of the league is uh, not as good, and that's one of my complaints about the imbalanced schedule. So yeah. it, it really becomes a question of who you play. Now, as I said earlier, Virginia only has to play Duke, Miami, and Carolina once each. So that's an advantage, uh, you would think, as you look at the schedule and the pre uh, the expectations preseason. Uh, but at any rate, you know, I, I go back. I like the old days where you had nine teams. You played everybody twice. Yeah. You didn't complain about the schedule. You played yeah. everybody home and away. You got to go to all the various venues of the ACC. I enjoyed going to Tallahassee back in the day. Back in the day, uh, some nice lassies in Tallahassee. <laughs> She's a Tallahassee lassie. I think that was a song, was it not, Johnny? Back yep. in your day. Yep. She's a but Tallahassee Georgia Tech lassie. And Notre Dame, like you were talking, to, they're going to be bad. All right. That's going to hurt the bottom of the league. David Teal, who is, of course, a writer and a columnist for the Times Dispatch, and I think he's a Hall of Famer, Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, his order of finish, if you noticed the other day, uh, he had Duke, Miami, second, North Carolina, third, Virginia, fourth, is where he went. Uh, Wake Forest, fifth, Virginia Tech, seventh, NC State, Syracuse, yada, yada, yada. We're not Virginia's do- picked fourth, not based on their history. They're, it's based on the number of newcomers to the roster. Mm-hmm. Who are you know untested, unproven, and that will tell the tale as the season unfolds. If if they step up and you know guys like Miner and Rhodey and some of these first year guys can play, Blake Buchanan, then then I think Virginia yeah. could be really competitive. The uh, uh, David Teal always ferrets out nice little nuggets of information, and I always enjoyed reading him. Anyway, uh, he said the Cavaliers are the only program to finish among the ACC's top six in each of the last dozen seasons. And they have more ACC. Only, only they have more ACC wins than anybody, I think, over the last ten or so years, including Duke and North Carolina. And Duke might be catching them soon. Well, in that regard, know, let's let's not uh, get the chicken ahead. You know, no. Shire's a good coach, but uh, we, it's we're not Duke, put, Bubba. It's Duke. We're not putting him in uh, Springfield. As just said, yet. it's the brand. You know. the, uh, but one thing Virginia's got going for we haven't mentioned. As far as who's they're strong on who's returning compared to some of these other teams. All right. Uh, it, it also, Virginia's won or outright won or tied for the t- uh, ACC regular season in what six of the last ten years. Tony Bennett's a wizard. You know, Shire may get there, but Tony's already writing his speech for Springfield. Yes, you're right about that. Uh, preseason nationally: Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Michigan State. One, two, three, four. UConn five. Houston. Excuse me. Marquette five with Shaka. Is that a Shaka? Shaka. Is that a shock? Marquette basketball—that's that's a good program. I know it Before has he been. got there, and it still uh, is. And he's done a good job been. with it. All right, UConn six, Houston seven, Creighton Tennessee, and Florida Atlantic. They got to the Final Four. All right, guys. Uh, North Carolina's nineteenth, and of course Virginia didn't make it this year into the preseason, but maybe they'll crack it in during play. They did get twenty-seven votes, and the others received. Uh, what do you think of the top four? Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Michigan State. I'll say this right off the get-go. It's a crying shame that the number one pick is a convicted cheater. Bill Self. You're talking? Yeah. Hobbo? <laughs> you know, Purdue, I, I, I like Matt Painter. Uh, I, I'd like to see them make the Final Four. Uh, I, like- I always feel guilty because Virginia denied them that trip back in 2019 in the miracle game they won in the uh, regional final. And uh, I think Purdue has a bunch of guys, including the big guy coming back. So they I think Purdue might have the best player in the United States. Yeah, uh, Purdue, give me Virginia Purdue, Tech. We're going to finish. We got to wrap up here. I go seventh. Seventh for Hobo. 
right, Johnny. Same with me. All right. All right. Quickly, one thing I want to say to Robert the Bruce, uh, they will do the first CFP college football today at four. Okay. And then every Tuesday through early December, then it'll be a Sunday. So it starts today. You and I were talking about it. Right. It starts today, October 31. Uh, also, I will not be on the air tomorrow. Uh, you heard me talk about Mr. Children's. I'll, have to, I'll be at that funeral tomorrow. I will not be here tomorrow. will not be at Gus's tomorrow. But I met with Scott yesterday out at, uh, out at Gus's. And we will do next Wednesday the 8th. For all y'all that come out the 1st and 3rd, we'll be there next Wednesday the 8th, the 2nd at Gus's. I'll remind you on Thursday. But I will not be here tomorrow. And I will I'll not be at Gus's tomorrow, so uh, if you would, uh, make a note, and we'll look forward to seeing you in a week out at Gus's. All right, guys, we're out of time. Thank you both. Next week, I'll get your final fours. Next Wednesday, y'all will be on with us, and we'll get the final fours. All right, I didn't do it today. We were talking to so many other things. We didn't get to that, but that's okay. There'll only be one game in, and nothing will be written in stone by that time. You never told me I was going to get homework with this. There's homework, sir. (laughs) There is homework, yes. And I expect it to be on time, too. I want it double-spaced. All right, guys, thank you very much both for coming on. Uh, And also, Russ Huseman, want to thank him as well for coming on today, Coach of the Spiders. Robert Bruce, thank you for all your work on the other side of the glass. And we shall be back Thursday morning. Thank you for listening. Thanks to all of our sponsors and listeners. Take care. Your home for 